Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the Fourth Commandment and what it promotes in the life of the believer. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me today... Pastor Jason Goodham, and with me today is... Pastor Brian Rickey. I guess you're with me too, Brian. I, we're, we're all together. We're, we're, I'm with the both of you. We're, we work right. linearly, though. Yes. Yeah, and so uh, today we're going to continue talking about the fourth commandment, and uh, we have been uh, talking through each of the commandments of what they prohibit and what they promote. And so we did the, the study on Korah and his rebellion last time. And uh, so we're going to look at another scriptural passage today, uh, looking at uh, what this commandment promotes. This will be kind of part one of the promoting. Um, we'll have another Bible study episode after this. So any opening thoughts, Jason? Yeah, so the promotion of the fourth commandment is order and authority. And that starts with the family, which is what we're specifically focusing on this time. It's extended into society uh, with our vocations uh, in society, uh, talking about our occupations, our jobs. And then the next episode, we're going to do a special one uh, on government and our relationship to uh, civil authority. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that'll be from Romans 13. But today, as far as looking at the vocation of family mm-hmm. and the vocation of uh, uh, our jobs in society. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Mm-hmm. All right, I will go ahead and read that for us here today. Ephesians 6, 1 through 9. It says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Um, just remember, my son has been listening to these podcasts. So Gideon, when you shout hear out, this, yeah, shout, out to, shout out to Gideon. All right. All right. Let me start over. Uh, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. Here ends the reading. Amen. 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 We have before us now uh, the double... Uh, view of the fourth commandment. And we spent a lot of time talking about this in the first two episodes dealing with the fourth commandment, our duty as children to honor Mm -hmm. and the task as parents to be honorable, which is why I love this passage because both sides of that coin are covered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. And and so they, they are spoken to individually, children, fathers. And I've always wondered why in verse four, it doesn't say fathers and mothers, but generally speaking, parents um, are spoken to uh, here in this text. They're spoken to and addressed very directly. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's there's no qualification. There's no uh, couching the statement. Verse 1 
obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And so uh, our nature is to start couching that, you know, because we have such a unfortunate history, especially in modern day of parents who aren't honorable, who aren't worthy of obeying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what we end up doing is running the risk of neutering the commandment, which just calls us to obedience, because that is the the very first, foremost, and foundational way of showing honor, is by uh, deferring to that authority and obeying. Mm-hmm. But uh, you bring up a good point, mm-hmm. as the, this statement in, in this passage only talks about fathers. If you think about the fall in the Garden of Eden, and you read through the book of Romans... It's all Adam, you know, but who actually ate the fruit first? It was Adam's responsibility, in a sense, as the spiritual leader of his home, to teach the word of God to his wife and to his children. Mm-hmm. And I think that's repeated here, that God's ordained order for the family is important. Mm-hmm. Again, men and women, in my mind, are equal because Eve is brought out of the side of Adam as an equal, not out of his head or out of his foot. You know, And I think that there's an important message there that it reminds us of God's ordained order for the family. And again, when we're talking about righteousness and, and even holiness, we, we have to make this distinction between vertical righteousness and horizontal righteousness. Mm-hmm. The vertical righteousness being rightly oriented to God is done in Christ alone, and there is no comment made. There's no man or woman, no, you know, no ethnicity, no anything like that. That is all done, is available to all because of the work of Christ on the cross. When we're talking about horizontal righteousness being rightly oriented to our neighbor, you have these ideas ideas of authorities. You have this idea of order uh, and obedience. And this is not, again, a valuation of a person's worth. This is a recognition of a person's station. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why it says in verse 1, obey your parents in the Lord. It's, uh, I'm so thankful for that in the Lord part mm-hmm. there. Um, it's just not a bald, or did I just say bald? <laughs> just a, you're not bald right now. No, I need uh, a haircut. Yeah, it, it's, not a, it's not a bald, just obey your parents. Um, but it's obey your parents in the Lord. And I wonder if we could do an interpretive qualification and almost say because of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where we're really getting out to the nitty-gritty of the Christian life. We obey right. because of the Lord, again, in recognition that our eternity is guaranteed and provided for in Christ. Romans 8, the last section of that uh, chapter, I'm convinced that nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus Amen. our Lord. Uh, and so here, mm-hmm. in essence from our perspective, doesn't matter. We've got heaven. And so we are called to live selflessly. And so here, again, we have this picture that when we obey, even if it's difficult, we obey because God's provided for for everything for Mm -hmm. us. Isn't this part of our taking up our cross and following Christ again Mm -hmm. in the power of God's saving grace? And and, and not to, and always here, because this is such a big idea, not to belittle the person who's suffering because of an abusive father or an abusive mother. Mm -hmm. This is not what we're saying, but it is saying that we are not living with ourselves first. But it's also what we talked about before. How can I, again, in the power of God's grace, be a catalyst for reconciliation? Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I wonder, you know, as I, I think about this, obey your parents in the Lord, and I think about the things that I ask my kids to do on a day-by-day basis, and maybe many of them aren't necessarily commanded in Scripture. You know, bring your laundry to the laundry room, you know, walk, tidy up your, clean your room, or uh, brush your teeth. It's it's just kind of the everyday things of the life, but... I could see a kid saying, well, God's word doesn't say to do these things. Uh, so it's not in the Lord, but in a sense it is. Um, and, and I think maybe the, 
the heart of this is that as a general principle, obey your parents, do what they tell you to do, unless they ask you to do something that is outside of of the command well, of God. And, and you've touched on two things. I'll hit the second one first, and then I'll rewind a little bit. If they ask you to do something outside of the command of God, if you have an abusive father that, you know... Is hey, you're gonna you, you're gonna sneak into that store and you're gonna steal, steal something yeah, from I me. Mean, that's I mean that's just an thank example. you for using yeah. a much nicer thing than I was going to use. I appreciate sure, that. Sure. But uh, you know, if you have an abusive father like that, we obey God rather than men. But our mm-hmm. sinful nature will take that and run with it. Hey, you've asked me to do something I don't want to do. I must obey God rather than men. That's not what's going on there. You are right. We obey God as our ultimate authority. Mm-hmm. And when our parents fail to represent that, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. again, if if we were commanded by our parents to be Buddhists when we know Christianity to be the truth, we would be free by God's word to not do that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time here, you you were talking about, you know, commanding your kids to clean their room or Mm -hmm. to bring the laundry. Notice the very material aspect to this commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Uh, It's, (laughs) again, this testimony from God that life is better when it is lived out in God's ordained order, that things are going to go better. You know, cleaning a room might not always be the greatest thing in the world, but you know what? Life's more enjoyable when it's not a pigsty. You're going to be able to find stuff. You're going to have uh, more time on your hands to enjoy other things. I mean, yep. we can go on and on and on ad infinitum. My foot is preserved from Legos. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> the crippling effects of Legos in the life of a parent. Right. But it, we could spend two episodes talking about the practical benefits of living mm-hmm. life in God's order uh, because of this promise. And mm-hmm. it's a wonderful thing, again, that our uh, Christian lives are not merely ethereal, spiritual existences, that there's a real here and now to being a Christian. We're not Gnostics. Mm-hmm. The, the creation is not a bad thing. Yeah, But isn't that also kind of part of Christ's redemption of image bearers of God, that God is a God of order? Yep. You know, and I think that's just another testimony that we serve a God of order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we, we can flip that around now, and the command to children is to obey in the Lord, but the command to parents is to be honorable. That's what verse 4 is talking about. Yeah. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and in the instruction of the Lord. There's the in the Lord part again, mm-hmm. but for parents. And so we're not off the hook. We don't get to be tyrannical lords over our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times it is appropriate to say, why are you having me do this? And I say, because I'm the dad. Yeah. Uh, but it, that's not to say that, you know, uh, you know, I'm having them drop grapes into my mouth and fan <laughs> me with palm branches all day long or whatever the case might be. We have, as fathers and as parents, specific tasks that God is expecting us to do in this authority role. And as dads, we need our ears need to perk up to this because as Adam was held responsible for the sin in the Garden of Eden, in a sense, so too are we for the spiritual well-being and the climate of our home. As men, we are to be the spiritual leaders. We are to step into that role, whether it's natural or not. It's never going to be natural because we're sinners. Mm-hmm. And that's part of our selfless, sacrificial love to our wives and to our families to be that spiritual leader that God has called us to be. That's yeah, And, and the, those two words you highlighted are perfect. Selfless, sacrificial love. You know, in the marriage relationship, people 
a bristle at this idea of submission of the wife to the husband Mm -hmm. without realizing that the husband is called the sacrificial love of his wife as Christ loved the church. And so me leading my family is me looking at what's best for a family and saying, well, what's best for my wife in this situation and not just what's best for me. The same thing works with my kids is I'm trying to raise them in a way that they're going to grow up as honorable people. And that's this, this... that word in verse four, instruction, mm-hmm. is the one that always jumps out at me, especially mm-hmm. it makes sense to highlight it as we're talking about the catechisms. This is the job of the parents is to raise their kids in the faith. Proverbs, yeah. my son, listen to your father's teaching mm-hmm. and your, your mother's words will be a garland. It's, it's all prescribed all the way through mm-hmm. the Old Testament. Now, one of the saddest things for me as a pastor who is also a father is that the teaching of the catechism has been solely pushed on the church to accomplish. And I say that because as a father, I struggle with teaching my kids the catechism. I really, really struggle with family devotion time and family education time. Mm-hmm. Well, for at, when I do baptisms within um, the congregations that I serve, for that baptism, I actually give the dad Luther's small catechism because, in a sense, that's what he really intended it for. And I remind them, and I say it in love, I go, remember, you're going to answer for the spiritual climate of your home, not me. I'm your pastor. I'm to equip you for the work of the ministry. And your ministry as a spiritual leader of your home begins with your wife and flows down to your children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking you, you mentioned kind of maybe more formal times of Christian education in the home or family devotions. Uh, I've been thinking lately as a dad of the informal times, mm-hmm. you know, what am I what am I teaching my kids when we're snuggling at bedtime and... Well, and that's the Shema from yeah, Deuteronomy right. 6, right. 4 through 9. You'd be talking about them when you go out mm-hmm. and when you come in and all of the time yeah. you're, you're, you're salting or peppering or however you want to call it, uh, your daily interactions with your kids with these spiritual principles mm-hmm. and, and then also demonstrating uh, mm-hmm. those principles in your life, the integrity right. and whatnot. It's amazing how much we teach our children by our actions and not through words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's amazing to me, and carrying that on is how many people reject the simplicity of the catechism. Someone, I don't want to learn the catechism. That's just basic stuff. That's confirmation stuff. And yet here we are, three grown men with multiple children apiece, talking about how hard it is to do in the Christian life. You know, it's the basics that are the hardest principles to master Mm -hmm. and why going through the catechism, going through the Bible explained in these basic principles is so crucial for all of us to be doing on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we need, and we need God's grace. We need his, his empowerment and his strengthening to do this very thing. Um, I, I think of this phrase in here, do not provoke your children to anger. And so as people that are parents that have been placed in that position by God, and God has given us his vocation, um, he also uh, fills us with his good news to share to our kids. And I think if we keep the good news from our kids, we maybe would provoke them to anger and, um, and are, are pressing them, always pushing them um, in the law. Um, but I appreciate this at the end of this discipline and instruction. There's kind of that almost law gospel, a mm-hmm. sin and grace um, uh, type of concept as we parent 
that we're bringing in this good theology um, and it works into the nitty-gritty of our daily lives as parents. And I think that's marvelous ac- application on your part. I really think that's a great insight. I think either it's another modern translation or maybe even a different passage that mirrors this goes, fathers, do not exasperate mm-hmm. your children. And I think, you know, we think about being intentionally cruel or tyrannical, but I think the really thing, the really big picture here is denying them the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, on one hand, as parents, parents, we're, we're tasked to raise moralists. We're tasked yeah. to teach our children morality and virtue. That's part of who we are. But in doing that, it becomes so hard to know when and how to apply the gospel to that. Because on the one hand, you've been instructed to do this, you didn't do this, and I'm going to punish you to discipline you and teach you a lesson. On the other hand, we have to come to them with the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers to us as parents and to them as children because the eternal consequences of that sin have been paid for by Christ. Remember, the law always accuses, but in the Christian life, the law never condemns. And we talked about don't provoke your children, and you talked about being tyrannical, but what about being absent? Mm-hmm. You know, provoking your children through your either spiritual, emotional, or mental absence mm-hmm. from your children or from your wife. Yeah, and, and thinking about all these things, now is the time to step back and realize the grace of God offered to us as parents, offered to our children, mm-hmm. uh, our rebellious children, often for our failures to do this. You know, we, we are really seeing, even in these short discussions we're having here, how the law works to be oppressive in our lives because it is designed by God ultimately to drive us away from ourselves. Mm-hmm. If I have this notion that I can be a good parent consistently and constantly, it's going to be self-righteousness in my yeah, life over exactly. and over again. But seeing all of the ways and just thinking in my mind with my five kids, how often I fail to be the dad that God wants me to be, now I stop. The call for me is to go to Christ to be forgiven, mm-hmm. that Christ has demonstrated for me and has fulfilled being a perfect father. Christ has fulfilled being a perfect son, has fulfilled the law in every aspect, Mm -hmm. and then in that perfection died in my place. Mm -hmm. It just reminds me of John 15, uh, abiding in Christ. You know, we are the branches. Christ is divine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think Mm -hmm. that our dependence on Christ as parents and, and as children needs to be something in the forefront of our mind. It brings us away from ourselves, but back to Christ, Mm -hmm. continually back to the faith of our baptism, continually back to the great sacrifice Mm -hmm. that that we're going to celebrate in just a couple days as we here approach physically Good Friday service and Holy Week. Mm -hmm. And so the call from the law to parents and to children, to children the call from the law here is to obey your parents. Uh, To parents the call from the law is to be honorable, instruct your children, and then... God's word tells us to repent, mm-hmm. immediately repent of where you have failed to do this, uh, receive the forgiveness, and then again, as parents, go out, be honorable. As children, go out, obey, uh, then repent, and then be forgiven. This is the purpose and the function of church in our lives, that we would receive forgiveness constantly for our failures to do the things that the law commands, and then from that point on, do it again. Yeah. Go obey, go be parents. Repent, be forgiven. 
Yeah. And I think that as we talk about these things, I know that I'm convicted and you had mm-hmm. mentioned yourself and I, and you, the listener, maybe you're kind of feeling like a failure in this area, whether you're a child or a parent. I just want to read First John chapter 1 because God has given us his exorbitant grace, his, in, his inexhaustible grace, mm-hmm. grace that is greater than our sin. And I think it's great for us to remind ourselves of that grace. In First John chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, it says, this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Amen and amen to that. And uh, this has been a good time to Look at this passage in Ephesians 6, looking at the vocation of parent and children, and uh, to uh, hear what the fourth commandment is promoting and what it is um, lifting up. And uh, and we're so, so grateful for that uh, rich grace uh, from Christ. So thank you for listening today. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Join us next week as Pastor Brett, Pastor Jason, and myself conclude our discussion on the Fourth Commandment.